Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, now, not tomorrow, not yesterday, now, these things were our examples to the intent, this is God's intention, that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Here's what we've considered so far. Their lust, verse 7, their idolatry, verse 7, their eating, drinking, rising up to play, verse 9, their tempting of Christ, verse 10, their murmuring, verse 11, all these things happen unto them for ensamples and they are written for our admonition. Upon whom the end of the world ends of the world to come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Verse fourteen. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Well, what's what example is left in the list? Verse eight. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. I I listen to as much preaching and Bible teaching as I'm able to on the good websites that have good, solid Bible teaching. You don't don't get any, uh, much any Bible preaching or teaching anymore on radio and TV, but but you still get online. And I'm telling you that if if there is a number one sin that's ruining our nation, it's sexual immorality. And if you could find one preacher that will preach against it, you ought to just, you ought to just send him a, a, a card with a thank you note because it's not mentioned, it's not talked about. I don't know if people are afraid to talk about it. They're embarrassed to talk about it. If there's too much going on in their congregations and they don't want to risk upsetting things. We have some grown-up talk tonight from God's Holy Bible. And God said to people redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, brought out of bondage baptized on their way to the promised land, I am not pleased when people who claim my name are immoral. That's what he said. And it's more than immorality, because morals are a man thing. It's a violation of the holiness of God. You know, uh, God did not start with government. He put a man and a woman in a garden. He made a man and wife, and he, and he said, this thing is for life. I'm joining you two together, and what I've joined together, let nobody put that thing asunder. And I'm telling you, the disregard and the careless attitude in our society and our churches toward the God-ordained institution of marriage is, is not only shameful, it's, it's borders on reprobation. So blasphemy against the Holy God. I saw a bumper sticker made me sick on a car in South Florida. But then I had to, had to back up and realize the rebuke that was being given. It had a rainbow on each side of the bumper sticker. You know what that is nowadays. And the bumper sticker said, if we can't marry, why can you divorce? Same Bible. Same God. Why is it wrong for two men to be married because a man and a woman are supposed to be? 
Why is it wrong for two women to be married? Because a man and a woman are supposed to be. And, and once they're married, what they're supposed to be? They're supposed to be true to each other. Nobody else before marriage. Nobody else after marriage. That's it. That's it. Now, you know, um, in our society, this world we live in, the music, the songs, I don't care if it's country, rock and roll, rap, whatever it is, they're not, they're, they're not a singer out there telling you be pure. There's not a singer out there telling you keep your clothes on. So, so all of that's working against you. The, the TV and movie industry, it's nonstop, day and night, night and day, night and day, day and night. Just, just live like dogs, live like animals, do whatever you can do with whoever you can do it with. It's just, it's as wicked as it can be. You send little boys and girls off to school. When we went to elementary school, we had uh, math, reading, social studies, and phys ed. We didn't have sex education classes. Sixth grade, we, seventh grade, we didn't have. Eighth grade, we didn't have. Ninth grade, we didn't have. Tenth grade, we didn't have. Eleventh grade, twelfth grade. Guess what? The human race managed to continue procreating for thousands of years without perverted school teachers teaching little boys and girls things they had no business talking about. So we're in a mess. We're in a mess. And then the pulpits are silent with regard to these things. Now, the admonition here takes us back to Numbers, and we'll not read four chapters together tonight, but takes us back to Numbers 22 to 25. The redeemed people were wandering in the wilderness. They were coming short of the land of promise because of their lack of faith. Nevertheless, there's manna falling from heaven each morning and each evening, as we've talked about. There's abundance of water flowing from the rock. The pillars guide their way through the weary land. God continues to be their provider and protector. He has blessed them as fully as their unbelief will allow. That's us. That's, that's, that's all of us. Knowing what was done in Egypt, fearing the same or worse might befall his empire, an old Gentile king named Balak took some money and purchased the services of a hireling prophet named Balaam. Balaam preached anything if somebody would pay him to do it. Balaam had no standards, no convictions. He wouldn't preach anything the congregation didn't want to hear, and he wouldn't he wouldn't uh, fail to mention anything that, that tickled their ears. As long as the money came in the offering box, he'd say what the people wanted to say. That's, that's Balaam. And he demanded, Balak did, the king, demanded that for his money that Balaam pronounce a curse upon Israel. Desiring the wages of unrighteousness, the corrupt preacher made three attempts to carry out his mission. And every time he started to speak, God put words of blessing in his mouth. He tried to curse the Israelites, but he couldn't do it. Old Balak was furious. He wanted a refund. Wanted his money back. Man, I paid you to preach on God loves everybody, and you got up there and preached on hellfire and damnation, and, and Balaam just just all out of sorts, and I paid you to curse those people. You end up blessing them. He just didn't like it at all. When Balaam opened his mouth, to curse, God put a blessing in there. And, and so Balaam's a little frustrated too. So he wanted the money. Kings pay, pay well. But if God had already blessed the nation, God couldn't curse them and Balak couldn't either. Was there a way he could put the people in a position where the holiness of God would be so offended that it would demand that he lift his hand against them? 
This corrupt man sought a way to corrupt the people of the Lord so that doom would befall them. Not from the hand of man, but from the hand of God. The scheme was simple. scheme was effective. He would provide the men, who at least in name or only by birth, but he would provide the men who belonged to God, women, with which to gratify the lust of their flesh. And when these men began to fornicate, with the women of the land, then God would have to exercise His judgment because God said, whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Every sin a man commits without without the body, but he that committed fornication sinned against his own body and sins against the Lord. So what Balaam did, he said, I'll figure out a way where I'll put these people in a position, I, I will get these people to engage in activity where God will have to do something about it. And a warning here is, well, it's twofold. Lessons are evident. First of all, we are to flee fornication. And we'll talk about that. But second of all, we certainly should be running just as swiftly from those who would encourage us to do something that the Bible tells us not to do. That was, that was Balaam's job. Moses had come down off the mountain with the word of God written on tables of stone. And there it is right there. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It wasn't that they didn't know. But here came a preacher. Here came a prophet. Here came a spiritual man. And he said, well, why don't you just get together with those women over there? These Canaanite women, they, uh, you know, they're not, they're not like your women. You, you ought to try it out. You'll have, a, have yourself a big old time. And they found a preacher to tell them to do something that God told them not to do. Right. And imagine that since a prophet said it was okay. Listen, you can always find somebody to tell you it's okay. Yeah. No matter what sin you want to commit, somebody will pat you on the back and rub your little head and say, it's okay, just do what you want to do. <laughs> And that old wicked preacher knew that he could bring the judgment of God down upon the people of God if he could just get them to move away from the truth of God. Who are you listening to? Who are your advisors? You know, the New Testament, maybe three times, four times, tells Christians to be baptized. New Testament, one or two times, tells you to... Um, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. There's probably four or five passages in the New Testament about giving. Thirty-five times the New Testament warns against fornication, and twenty-four times the New Testament warns against adultery. Fifty-nine times God writes to Christians... Telling them not to have any physical relations before marriage and none with anyone but their marriage partner after marriage. Fifty-nine times God had to tell people that. Now does that tell you something about the danger you're in without knowing you're in that danger? Now listen, Ephesians 5 says this, No man 
Ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it. Okay? So, so it is not natural for you to become a drunkard. You have to overcome nature, what you are by nature, to do something harmful to yourself. Drug addiction, drug abuse, that's, that's not a natural sin. That is hurtful to your body. You see people cutting themselves and smashing themselves in the head and, and, and trying to, trying to take their lives and all that. That's not a natural thing. That's, that's, that's some sort of the mental wiring's gone bad or the, the despair has gotten too deep or, or there's a, a satanic activity of some sort. That's not natural. God made a man. God made a man and said, here's what I want you to do. He didn't say play football. He didn't say catch a fish. He didn't say build a house. He said be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That's how a man's wired. And then the man looked at the rhinoceros and the giraffe and the and the uh, bulldog and rest of it, and he said, "Lord, he said, Lord, I, I can't, I can't do this without some help." And the Lord made a woman for a man. For that purpose. Look, I'm not trying to be dirty. We're talking talking about the Bible here. It is natural for a man to want to have a physical time with a woman. It's natural for a woman to want to have a physical time with a man. That's your nature. But then the God who made you said, now here's the rules. So what you got is you got everybody wasn't made with an appetite for alcohol. Everybody wasn't made with an appetite for booze. Everybody wasn't made with an appetite for, for pain. or. But God made man with that appetite. And God made a woman for that purpose. So you got to handle with care something that is natural. Young man, those dirty pictures on that computer are appealing to you because that's how God made you. But he said, don't look at those pictures. It is right for a man to want to have a woman in his arms. It is right for a woman to want to have her arms about a man. But God said, not if you're not married. That's the rules. And if you're married, just that one. Forever. That's the rules. Now, somebody out there is going to try just about every day of your life to tell you the rules have changed. The rules don't matter. The rules are outdated. The rules are are made to hurt you. The rules are just there to, to mess up your life so you can't have any fun. Here's what God did. God put a, he put a fence here, he put a fence here, he put a fence here, he put a fence here. And some of our guys went on a mission trip, they went to Korea. And if you go to the, to the, to the border uh, between North Korea and South Korea, and you look from, from the south into the north, you will see big, beautiful cities. In reality, what you will see is you will see the front of buildings that no one lives in, and behind them are just props holding them up. They're, they're facades. There's nothing there. 
If you take a tour sometime of a, they used to have a thing up in Ocala called Six Gun Territory, which is really cool if you're about nine or ten years old. You go up there and you walk down the street of the Old West and the cowboys would come out and shoot each other and one guy get shot and fall off the roof and the horses run down the street and everything else. When you're about 15, you go up there and you sneak around behind the main street and you see parking lots and, and uh, people wearing ordinary clothes. It's fake. There's nothing there. Now listen, God puts you here, sir, and God puts you here, ma'am, and He put these, this fence all the way around you, and on that side of the fence, the devil is propping up all these facades. Dance club, booze hall, rock and roll, country western, naked girls, swapping partners, changing wives, getting a new husband. Come on out and have some fun. Don't stay in there in that fence. Oh, you old fanatic. Oh, you're in a cult. But see, we got a Bible. So the Lord just lets us float up above all that and look over the facade and say, are you kidding me, man? On the other side of that thing is a disease I'll carry the rest of my life that'll rot my loins. Well, I look over there. Over there, I'm, man, I'm going to be paying for that for decades. Well, I look over there. Kid, my own kids, I can't even see them anymore. Well, I look over there. I've shamed the name of Jesus Christ and brought dishonor and reproach upon the testimony of a good church. Hey, God hadn't left you to wallow around in the mud. He's lifted you up high enough to see what's really out there. God put those fences up because He loves you. He put those borders up there because He cares about you. He put those, those, those barriers there and those, those rules in place to keep you from a broken heart and a ruined life and a, and a ruined body. Loves you and He cares for you. That sin's a different one. It's a different sin. Come to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. Verse number 21. Or let's start at uh, 20. He said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetous, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. Now, you, are you human, human being tonight? Anybody, anybody, human being. Let's see, one, two, couple of you, rest of you don't want to commit. You human being, you know what God said? There's fornication in your heart. That's what He said. He said, There's adultery in your heart. That's what He said. Those things come out of the heart. That's a dangerous thing. What that means is, I've got to have something in my heart besides me. Or I'll never agree that those fences are in the right place. 
I've got to have something in my heart that I trust more than my flesh. Or I will start trying to push that fence a little farther that way and move that fence a little farther that way and I'll say, it's okay to fornicate if you're in love and it's okay to go to third base as long as you don't round third base and go all the way to home. It's okay to, for a boy to be with a boy and a girl to be with a girl if, if that's how they feel. And You can't trust your heart. You've got to trust the Word of God. God said you got fornication in your heart. God said you got adultery in your heart. He that trusted his own heart is a fool. A young lady that thinks her boyfriend is smarter than the Word of God is going to end up sorry for it. A young man that thinks he's got more control over himself than the Bible says he has over himself is going to make a fool out of himself. The married woman who thinks those scriptures don't apply to her. The married man who says, I'd never do that. You need to repent of your pride. You're not smarter than God. Believe it or not, you don't love yourself more than God loves you. God cares for you more than you care for yourself because you would do things to yourself that would hurt you. God would never do that to you. Put those fences there for a reason. Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter number 15. Acts 15. Acts 15 verse number 19. Wherefore my sentence is, that we trouble not them which... From among the Gentiles are turned to God. Okay, so, so look, here, here's, the, here's the issue in Acts 15. Some Gentiles have trusted Jesus as their Savior. Praise the Lord. Born again, saved, washed in the blood, part of the body of Christ. And it's been determined that they're saved just like Jews are. Jews are saved, born again, washed in the blood, added to the body of Christ. So now we've got saved Jews and saved Gentiles. Isn't that great? Eternal life on their way to heaven. Verse 20, but that we write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication. Why would you have to write to save people and say, stay away from idols and don't fornicate, if getting saved was going to prevent you from doing those things? Well, I'm saved and I would never, you're wrong. Well, I trust the Lord, and I don't think He'd ever let me. You're wrong. Don't trust yourself. Trust the Bible. Not a woman here can't ruin her marriage. Not a man here can't wreck his home. Not a young person here can end up swimming in trouble. So the Bible said. The Bible told me to tell you. The Bible told you to tell one another. It's right there. Right unto them. They got saved. They left their former religion. They got saved. They abandoned their prior beliefs. They got saved. They've trusted Jesus. Tell them not to fornicate. Why would you have to tell saved people that? Because your flesh didn't get saved. Better believe that book. There's a lot of people in this world didn't believe that book. Now they do. They didn't think the Bible was true. Now they know it is. 
I don't know where old Spock went. They say Spock kicked the bucket. I don't know where he went, but right now he believes every word of this book to be true. Every last word of it. 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians six. You know, we talk about this stuff in a moment. We're so far gone in our society, we're no longer talking about boys and girls making out, which they shouldn't be doing. Now we're talking about whether or not it's okay for boys and boys to be in bed together. That's how far gone we are. The, the discussions we're having are, are like in the fourth basement. We've sunk that far. That's how we get here. I'll tell you how we got here. <laughs> I, didn't go to, I didn't go to elementary school with a bunch of boys that were confused about the difference between a man and a woman. Because their fathers were men. And they got up and went to work and earned a living and they ran their house. And their mothers were women, and they dressed like women and acted like women, and they were effeminate, and they were soft, and they were gentle, and the kids weren't all confused. Now you got men that don't work, and you got women, you know, knocking their husbands around, you got busted up home, half of them don't even know who dad is. Of course they're confused. Boys hadn't seen a man, the girls hadn't seen a, a, a submissive, godly mother, and they're just all messed up. And then they're sitting in their room. Eight-year-old kid sitting in his room with a computer. Computer. No, no, I'm about the pages shouldn't be in the Sears catalog. Come about a computer. And at eight years old, he's looking at topless and at Nine years old, he's looking at bottomless. And at ten years old, he's looking at, at together. And at twelve years old, he's seen it upside down and sideways and, and flipped around and in, a, in a hot air balloon. And by thirteen, there ain't nothing left that get, makes that kid go wow. Now he's looking at boys. I'm not, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you, this, this, this world is a sewer. And by 16, he's, he's, I'm just telling you, it's not how you were born. It's a perverted society and the access to perversion and it's normal, boring, because you've seen so much of it, it don't do anything for you anymore, and dad's a wimp, and mom's a lumberjack, and the whole thing's in chaos. Amen. Wasn't one kid on our block was confused about what a man did and what a woman did. They don't know now. Hmm. Somebody got to talk this way. Workers raping 80-year-old women in nursing homes. Are you kidding me? 
Somebody in Europe last week married their dog. Somebody over there in Singapore or somewhere, Thailand, one of those places, three, three boys just got married. I can't believe it. Well, listen, you, you knock the fences down. It's open range. God put some fences up. You don't like the fences where God put them. You tear those fences down. You don't get to put them back up. They're gone. You put enough lesbians on the Supreme Court, they'll let anybody get married. How do you know they're lesbians? <laughs> Convince me otherwise. Sure, vote for it every chance they get. I'm glad I grew up in a day and you didn't know what a lesbian was. <laughs> well, man, you kind of backward, weren't you? If that's backward, let's just keep backing up. First Corinthians six. Verse number 13, meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But God should destroy both it and them. I mean, <laughs> eat as long as you can, keep your body running as long as you can. It's, it's got a limited time to it. Now, now, the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. You know what this thing was made for? It wasn't made for making out with your boyfriend. It wasn't made for kissing with your girlfriend. It wasn't made for putting your hands all over anybody you could get your hands on. It wasn't for letting anybody want to put their hands all over you. It was made to serve God. And in the midst of serving God, if you meet a man serving God, marry him and help him serve God. If you meet a woman serving God, marry her and help her serve God. But serve God! They can't even sell potato chips now without putting some some harlot on there. Got to have a naked woman in the ad to sell a car. Got to have a naked woman in the ad to sell a sell toothpaste. Wash your hair with this, and all your clothes will fall off, and you'll look glamorous. No, you won't. You look just like you always did with clean hair. <laughs> Society's messed up, man. It's messed up. It's perverted. Your body wasn't made for sexual sin. If it's outside those fences God put up, it's a sin. It was made to serve the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Flee. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. See, here's why, here's why it's so dangerous. Pain's not natural. Affliction, not natural. Abuse, not natural. Had a bunch of boys out yesterday at, the, at our place working out there. And here's all you got to do. Rattlesnake! And every one of them does like that. You know why they jump back? Because they know a rattlesnake will hurt them. Is that right? Walking over here, moving the bushes around. Here, here, big growling. Pit bull, wild pit bull, look out! And they all jump back, grab the hatchets and their axes, and they're ready to fight that thing. Here comes a girl by. Blouse down to here, shorts up to here, shaking that stuff all over the place. 
Run, boys, look out! They don't run from it, they go toward it. What the Bible says, you ought to run, you ought to run from that girl like you'd run from a rattlesnake. Now the law won't allow getting a hoe handle and, and beating the thing to death. You can't you can't do that. You gotta run. You gotta run. Girls, you walk down that street and somebody came down that street with a switchblade out, looked like a rough character, you'd head the other way. Somebody came out there with a with a gun in their hand, snarling on their lip, you'd run the other way. You say, I'm not going down that road. But there's a boy over there, he, he drinks. There's a boy over there, he cusses. There's a boy over there, he listens to music, glorifying sexual sin. You know what the Bible said? You ought to run from him like you'd run from a mugger. You ought to run from him like you'd run from a kidnapper. Try to take your life. That's what the Bible says. Flee fornication. Well, don't that sound silly in this society you live in? They've so completely knocked the fences down. When you talk like this, you just sound like somebody stepped out of a time machine. Oh, where am I? Man, you're in 2015. Well, I'm from the past. Wow, like dinosaurs? No, like 50 years ago. What are those women doing? They're wearing that to church. I don't even want to know what they wear to school and to work. And what are they doing out there anyway? How come they're not home tending to the family? <laughs> Where's dad? Oh, he's in there watching the fishing channel. Where are the kids? Oh, they're just running wild. Why don't dad straighten them out? Well, he's watching the fishing channel. Why don't mom straighten them out? Well, she's tired. So I guess they'll just go out and experiment with the neighbor kids. I guess they'll just go play on a computer and see some pictures. I guess they just put something in their ears and listen to a bunch of people sing about fornication and adultery. Because and, dad's busy. He's got to watch a fishing channel. And mom's tired because she's up late last night watching the, the romance movie of the, of, the, of the week. And kids just have to raise themselves. 19, what, know you not your bodies? I preach like this, I'm heading out of town. <laughs> what, know you not your bodies, the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have a God, and you're not your own, you're brought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body, and in your spirit, which are God's. Ephesians 5. Moving on, Ephesians 5. Verse 1, be therefore followers of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for sweet smelling savor but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as become a saints. Not only should save people not do these things, they shouldn't even talk about these things. Oh, did you see that show last night? Dear Facebook, these are my favorite movies. These are my favorite singers. These are my favorite... Really, if that's your favorite stuff, just, just stay away from me. 
You want the whole world to know. You, we had family used to come here, and this woman, she, she, she came up to me, and she said, I kid you not. She said, you know, I think it'd be great. I, I think it'd be great if, if, if our young people could, could see this, uh, uh, this movie about, about true love. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, my daughter and I went to see the Titanic You know what it was? As a story about a girl who rebelled against her parents and fornicated on the deck of a ship with a stranger. This woman thought it was a love story. A professing Christian in a Bible-preaching church. She's got a son now, it's a sodomite. Because I was mean. Because the church was mean and didn't understand. We understand. God put some fences up. You want to kick those fences down? Don't come whining later about how far the cattle roamed and how far the livestock traveled after you knocked the fence down. You're going to take your kids to a movie where people get naked on the screen. You're going to sit there with your kid. How sick are you? And then you think it's my fault? It's my fault. Your daughter can't stay married and your son's, your son's shacking up with a boy. Well, if you just had some more love, if you'd have just loved the Word of God, if you'd just love the Lord. Bible said, I'm supposed to talk about that stuff. Much you, you think I'm going hey, to, hey, youth pastor, uh, Jed was here. Hey, Jed, get the young people, take them down and see that movie, that naked girl in it. Take young people down there and, and let them see that movie about fornicating with a stranger after you're belt against your parents. It's a love story. I'm taking people out of their minds. Some of you are unhappy right now because you got it on DVD in your, in your house. How about we act it out at the youth rally? Well, that wouldn't be appropriate. Where is it appropriate? People out of their minds. So I don't know why you preach this stuff because you don't know what I deal with. I deal with save people. Thinking nothing wrong with, with violating their marriage vows. Save people think there's nothing wrong with messing around before you get married. Save people think there's nothing wrong with look, looking at, 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 at dirty pictures and stuff. I, I've, heard, I've, had, I've heard preachers say, Well, you know, God made, made a woman pretty so a man could admire her. There's nothing wrong with admiring. Well, tell your wife that. Crazy stuff, man. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. Go off to Christian school and have a Valentine's dance. <laughs> the preacher's mean. He wouldn't sign the, the school consent form to send our kids to the Christian school. They got a Valentine's dance. I wouldn't sign that if you put a gun to my head. Well, you know how the boys and girls are supposed to get together. They've been getting together for 6,000 years. They'll figure it out. They don't have to dance under the symbol of an unclean spirit. Well, we just play Christian songs for them to dance to. <laughs> Let's get to Oh, they're playing holy, holy, holy. May I have this dance? <laughs> 
I was witnessing this Mormon boy on an airplane one time, and, and uh, I said, what do you like best about, the, about what they do for young people? He said, we have dances at the, at the Mormon church. And I said, really? I said, how's that work? He said, well, we have the Book of Mormon rule. I said, what's that? He said, well, you can't dance any closer than the Book of Mormon. I said, do you hold it like this, or like this, or like this? And he said, depends on who's looking. How about God? He looking? God looking? What's wrong with dancing? Well, (laughs) when you simulate vertically what married people do horizontally, there's not much good can come of it. How's that? That's, that's enough said. You need anything more said, you can talk about it at home. Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth. Fornication. That's the first thing he said. Uncleanness, inordinate affection. You see the order? Evil concupiscence. That's Cupid. What is, what is Bow and arrow. Look. Fornication. Uncleanness. Inordinate affection, that's homosexual activity. Evil concupiscence, covetousness which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Look, if you save yourself for marriage and then stay true in your marriage, you never have to worry about uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence. But you knock the fence down. Now, it's fornication. God said, no, but I'd never do that, but you will. But I'd never do that, but you will. Oh, I wouldn't. You say one thing, the Word of God says another. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. They got, you got people now, listen, 50, 60% of Americans say they're Christians. They put a show on primetime television where a man takes turns fornicating with 20 different girls, and finally picks one, and millions of people watch that. How sick is that? How sick is our country? When it's reality TV, it ain't reality in my home. Is it reality in your home? (laughs) If it is, stay away from me. Things messed up, man. Well, we're going to have a show. We're going to put all these people on this island together. These men, these women. Just let them stay out there for we. Let's watch that. And see how that works out. Who doesn't know how that's going to work out? People are nuts, man. They there used to be people wallowed in the sewer. Now, people who call themselves decent, normal, ordinary people sit in front of a TV set and watch that and call it entertainment. Used to be when the when the septic backed up in your house, you'd call a plumber. Now you just sit there with popcorn, potato chips, and a coke and watch it. It's filth. Yes, sir. I only got a couple more verses. You you, you can make it. First Thessalonians four. I don't like this kind of preaching. You know if it keeps your daughter from getting pregnant. Right. 
You know, if you keep your son from harming somebody, you will if it keeps your wife from running off, you will if it keeps your husband from being unfaithful, you appreciate it. 1 Thessalonians 4. For this is the will of God. I just want to know what God's will is for my life. Okay. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. You want to know what the will of God is for your life? Keep your clothes on. That's God's will for your life. Nothing before marriage, nobody but your one partner after marriage, that's God's will for your life. That's it. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. <laughs> All right. Quickly. First Corinthians 7. I said two more verses, but I was wrong. It's three. First Corinthians 7. Boys and girls, you can now draw, scribble, make pictures with crayons, take a nap. We're going to, I'm going to read something to your parents, and then you can tune back in. Uh, verse 1, now concerning things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. So there's the rules. You call it dating, you call it courting, you can call it getting to know each other, you can call it whatever you want. That's the rules. Amen. Don't touch. Amen. You never touch, you never go too far. That's as safe as it can be. Well, how do we know if we like each other? Uh, a guy tells you that, it's done, right? That's it. Amen. Let's just say, okay, that's it. If you're that, if you're that carnal, <laughs> yeah. that's it. We're finished. Don't test drive this car. Good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. See there? There's the fence. There's the fence. There's a line right here. No touch, no touch, no touch, no touch. Well, what if I want to touch somebody? Marry her and don't ever touch anybody else. What if I want to be touched by somebody? Marry him and don't ever touch anybody else. That's the fence. All right, now inside that fence... Verse 3, let the husband render the wife due benevolence, likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be for consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Okay, here's all we're going to say. See that fence? When the wife uses the physical relationship as a weapon against her husband, she takes wire cutters and begins to cut the fence. As she continues defrauding her husband, she begins to push him through the opening she made in the fence. And then she's going to run to somebody and say, Well, my husband... You know what that Bible said? That Bible says that, that, when a man, that when, when a partner puts away the other partner, causing them to commit adultery. Adultery is wrong, but so is the person who causes it. Amen. We're not justifying any, any morality. The Lord says, 
If the only person that man's allowed to touch is his wife, he better be allowed to touch his wife. And if the only person that woman's allowed to touch is her husband, she better be allowed to touch her husband or the devil's going to get in your living room. Okay, that's offering box right back there. There's a middle slot there. It says, Pastor's gifts. That ought to be worth a buck or two. (laughs) Revelation chapter (laughs) 2. Revelation chapter number 2. Marriage counseling wouldn't take long for people to listen. You'd get it done in about five minutes. <laughs> don't spend more than you make and don't take the wire cutters to the fence. It's... All right, Revelation 2. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. You know what God had, God had against this church? The church allowed people to stay and be part of the fellowship that were encouraging and teaching people to sin. If you're encouraging people to be immodest, you're, you are a sinner. If you're encouraging people to go beyond the boundaries God established, you are a sinner. If you are encouraging people to be anything but 100% true to their marriage vows, you are a sinner just like Balaam. You are teaching people they can sin against God's commandments without consequence. And the Lord, the Lord rebuked a church for not rebuking the people who would use the church to teach immorality. That's what it said. Alright, now we know that men and women do not commit adultery by accident. But with planning and premeditation. We know that fornication is not a matter of chance like slipping on a sidewalk or bumping your head. It's a matter of forethought and desire. Therefore, the question has to be asked, who are your teachers? When the Word of God speaks so clearly against sexual sins, how could anyone who claims the name of Christ believe such acts to be acceptable? Are we being taught by the words to the songs we listen to that sex outside the bounds of marriage is something less than a grave sin? Then get rid of that music. Or we're being taught by the programs and movies we watch that we should engage in practices which Scripture denounces, then quit watching them. Or we keep in company with people whose lives illustrate their contempt for the rules set in place by God Almighty, then get some better friends. The average professing Christian is surrounded by Balaam-like influence, each repeating the lie that God will not judge the impure. Eventually, this false teaching, coupled with the lust of the flesh, causes the careless one to reject the things said by the Lord for their well-being and embrace the doctrines of death. Balaam's voice is out there. We're trying to make sure it's not in here. The schools promote sex via education. You know why they teach math? Because they want you to do math. You know why they teach reading? Because they want you to read books. You know why they teach sex education? Figure it out. More government money for more illegitimate children. 
more kids in the schools so the schools can get more money from the taxpayers. Who's kidding who? The television and movies glorify carnal relations. Preachers are too cowardly to denounce sexual sins. They allow persons living together outside of marriage to hold membership in their churches. Shame on them. The internet provides every sin from the sewers of hell at the touch of a button. Soon the conscience is dulled, then seared. The flesh prevails, and another man or woman places themselves under the promised judgment of God. Whatever your age is, the command is the same. Flee youthful lusts. Flee youthful lusts. So I could never, careful, careful, I could never do that. What did the Bible say in the passage this morning? Murmur. You ever complain? You ever murmur? Well, the God that said don't do the one said right next to it, don't do the other. Believe God. Don't trust yourself. Trust the Bible. Young ladies, save all of yourself for one man for your lifetime. Young men, save all of yourself for one woman for one lifetime. And allow me to say what I've said so often with so little result. You are better off single and wishing you were married than married and wishing you were single. Serve God with all your heart. I just got to get married. No, you just got to serve Jesus. If you can find somebody to help you serve Jesus, go for it. You're going to have to give up serving Jesus to get married. Don't get anywhere near it. You married? Serve the Lord together. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll reload. I'll, I'll try again. I, no, God put the fence up. You break that fence down, there's trouble out there. Trust God. He loves you. He cares for you. He put these rules in place because they're right. They're right rules. They're healthy rules. They're happy rules. And, and we'd all be better off to obey the word of the Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to have a song of invitation. After the song of invitation, Brother David take charge of the service. And, and uh, we'll have some congregational singing, special music, um, special offering for the pastor, all that. All, <laughs>